0: this morning um, by Lewis Cornelson, and I haven't had an opportunity to meet him yet, but I'd like to welcome you here and invite you to come on up and speak to us, The Two Great Passions of God's Heart. Well, good morning. Greetings in the precious name of Jesus. Count it a privilege to to worship the Lord with you together this morning. I've been uh, had this mic down on my calendar for quite some time, and I've really been looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, I guess you've had a full weekend already. So I don't know if you're going to have room for any more of God's Word this morning or not. But uh, um, I believe God has a message for us this morning. I was told I could uh, speak here until the food started smelling really burnt, but I was kind of smelling that way back there already, so I don't know, we might... <laughs> Uh, I have to let it keep burning a little bit more yet. And, um, yeah, but it's been um, my prayer that, uh, that this morning would be a blessing and an encouragement uh, to you. I don't know that I'm going to tell you anything new this morning, either now in the message or afternoon in the presentation. I know most of you are quite familiar with Gospel for Asia. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to tell you anything new, but it's my desire that it would be an encouragement and a blessing and uh, the message that god has for us this morning we can easily take it as a message of condemnation but please don't do that please don't feel that i'm here this morning to condemn you that's not what i'm that's not what this is about but rather take it as an encouragement and if the lord speaks to you i hope you're going to listen you know it's already desire to grow right i really appreciate the songs that we had um going very much with the theme that uh, that we have this morning and uh, and they're probably chosen because of that but songs about you know knowing jesus more um shout salvation full and free and that's what our christian life is about and um yeah we have a lot of ground to cover this morning so we're just going to dive right in um topic the two great passions of god's heart what are those two great passions you know, and as we as we go through the Bible, I, I think there's you know we can pretty well break it down to two main things. Of course, there's many subcategories and so on. Uh, somebody else could call uh, you know, could name these things totally different, and we would also agree. But two main passions: number one, to know Him, know Jesus; number two, make Him known. That's basically what what it's all about. What the God's Word is all about. Uh, you know, in Genesis. Uh, we have the story of creation we have the story of you know god's dealings with the people uh you know in the time you know in bible times right and and also at the uh, throughout the bible we have these stories they teach us about god they reveal god's they, they reveal his nature his character and so we can learn a lot about who god is through these stories of the bible so we can know him through that and uh, Jesus longs to have a personal relationship with each one of us. He wants us to put effort into a relationship with him. Um, He wants us to have a relationship with... with, Jesus wants us to have a relationship with him just as he had with his father. Um, In John 10, verse 30, Jesus said, I and my father are one. So that's a very close relationship, right? Jesus longs for us to have that with him as well. Uh, John 15, verses uh, 4 to 5... It says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. So Jesus is saying, we want this connection. I want you to have this connection with me. A branch is a dead branch unless it's connected to the tree, right? And in our spiritual lives as well, you know, if we're not connected to Jesus, I mean, we can claim to be Christians, we can look like Christians, we can act like Christians, but if we're not connected to the tree, to the roots of Jesus Christ, it's all a show, and it's not going to carry through. And so Jesus longs for us to be connected, to be to be rooted in Him. And in uh, verse five, I am the vine; ye are the branches. Okay. He that abideth in, in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. So um, Jesus is saying, you know, if we are connected in Him, we will bear fruit. And and what is that fruit? Now again, we could break it down into many different areas. You know, it's the fruits of the fruit of the spirit, right? I mean, you know, uh, love, joy, peace, you know, doing good to others. But the real fruit, I believe, again, is making him known. If we know him, if we are connected in him, we will bear fruit, and that fruit is that people and that people will get to hear about Jesus through our lives. Okay, um, I'm gonna start off um, in Luke chapter 24. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can. Uh, turn there we're going to take a look at some verses there and um, Luke chapter 24 starting at verse 25 to 27 so this is after Jesus um, resurrection and he's on the road to Emmaus so we know the story then he said to them so it's to the two disciples that are walking along the road they're all distressed and perplexed oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he's teaching these disciples. What is he teaching them? He's teaching them about himself. He wants them to know who is Jesus. He want, that's, that's what he's teaching them. And then we'll just jump uh, some verses over to verse 44 out of Luke chapter 24. So this is where he's with his disciples. I think maybe behind locked doors, I think. And, uh, and so he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So he, he expounds Scripture to them. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scripture. See, notice that. He wanted them to understand You know, he was the fulfillment of all these Old Testament prophecies. You know, he wanted his disciples to really know him to an even deeper level. They'd spent three years with him. They knew him very well. But now they needed to learn even more about who he was. And that that this wasn't a failure that he'd been on the cross. No, it was exactly God's plan. And so he opened their eyes. You know, it's, it's my prayer that God would open our eyes. That we would know even more. I'm not saying we don't know a lot about Jesus. But I find in my own life, so many times... I know it in my head, but is it real to me? Does it actually make a difference? The things that I know about Jesus, does it actually make a difference as I go about my work on Monday? Jesus opened their eyes that they might truly comprehend Scripture, that it would be real in their hearts. And um, then going on to verse 46. Uh, yeah. Here. Then he said to them, "Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day." So he says, "It's necessary that I died and and, and suffered, and so it was necessary that he he that, yeah that I would suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem." So Jesus says, "It's necessary." He went through all this, and so why was that necessary? Well, it was repentance of remission and remission of sins, right? For whom? Well, it was for me. For each one of us. Yes, absolutely. But Jesus says that it should be preached to all nations. Beginning in Jerusalem. Begin where we're at and it's supposed to spread out. That was why he went to the cross. He wanted everybody to know. In um, John seven thirty-seven, 37. Um, in the last day, the great day of the feast... Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So, if anyone's thirsty, now we know Jesus meant this spiritually, but if anyone is thirsty, come to me and get a drink of fresh water. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, I want you to notice this it's a drink. We take a drink of Jesus what's the result jesus says out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water how does a drink in a river compare i guess there might be some really small rivers around but i wouldn't really you know then we'd call it a stream jesus said take a drink from me and out of your life will flow rivers of water so you know isn't that part of the calling that jesus has for us We are supposed to be a blessing, not just to one person, not just to two people. We're supposed to be a blessing all around us. And, yeah, it it says living water. We're supposed to, you know, people are going to hear about Jesus. Because Jesus is the only living water available. And so, you know, this story just just reminds me of this little boy's lunch. You know, one little boy's lunch. And Jesus multiplied it to bless 5,000 people without food. And we're supposed to taste Jesus. We're supposed to have Jesus in our own lives. We're supposed to have this personal relationship with Jesus in our lives. And out of that, multitudes of people are supposed to be blessed. Now, we all know rivers. Like, I know here in Manitoba, a lot of the land is pretty pretty flat. The rivers don't usually, aren't very uh, fast, not a whole lot of rapids or anything. Um, at least out in the lake where I'm at. And, um, but still, a river is a river, right? And And so, do we need to go and tell a river like you know do we need to go and preach at the river hey river you got to flow like you're a river come on get running you're a river get flowing you know do we need to do that to a river no no a river is a river because it flows and and so if we have the life of jesus in us i think jesus is telling us life will flow out of us we will be a blessing and um you know and i look at my own life like you know am i really a blessing And so, like I was saying, we can easily start condemning ourselves. You know, no, I'm not what I should be. You know, I I definitely don't. I, I definitely am being the blessing I should be. You know, let's not condemn ourselves, but let's let God speak to us this morning, and let Him show us how can we how can we gain even more of this water of life in us, that we will truly be a blessing to the people around us. Um, Matthew twenty-two. So that was the verses we had um, before already. Um, I hardly knew which verses to to suggest as a as a reading, but uh, I thought those verses they uh, brought it pretty good. And so um, we all know what these suspension bridges look like these big hanging bridges, right? And uh, so let's just let's just picture this. There's, you know two huge pillars holding up this bridge right then there's these uh, thick cables going over these pillars with a lot of smaller cables on them right so they're they're holding up the whole bridge and and I just uh, looked on the internet a little bit and um, I happened to notice that the many of the long or quite a few of the longest uh, hanging bridges those pillars are over a mile apart so that's that's some incredible strength that those pillars carry those cables they carry a lot of weight they carry a lot of strength and uh, so now let's uh, let's read these verses here. Starting in Matthew 22, um, 36. Um, I'll read these again. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So... We see here, the first commandment is to love God with everything that we have. If we look at it, um, you know, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, there's not a whole lot of us left that we can spend on ourselves. And uh, modern society, modern Christianity even, uh, it teaches, you know, Jesus is your savior. Jesus is your take it into heaven so that you don't need to go to hell. And now you can live life as you want. But you know, what does Jesus tell us here? You know, you're supposed to love God with everything everything you have. How much do we have left then to love ourselves? Um, it's not a teaching that our flesh likes. It's something our flesh absolutely rebels against. But Jesus is asking for complete commitment here. And uh, so of loving God with everything we have is the first is the first commandment. What would be the first great sin? Wouldn't it be to not love him? Um, you know, to not know him. If we love Jesus, we're going to know him. We're going to want to know more about him. And, and so to not know Jesus, to not love him, which is basically pride, saying I'm more important than Jesus is, that is, that is the, uh, the first great sin, I believe. And uh, so then the second commandment, to love others. Uh, well, if we love others, we're going to tell them about Jesus. I mean, you know, it's hard. Our flesh has to suffer then, maybe. But if we really love somebody, we want them to find the true joy. We want them to tr- find the true eternal life, and that's only only through Jesus. So if we if we love others, we will make Jesus known to them. And uh, and so, yeah, um, Jesus says the whole Old Testament law is fulfilled in these two things. And so, in the same way, you know, this suspension bridge, you know, two poles they hold up. Two pillars. They hold up the whole bridge. You know, the Old Testament law, they had about 600 different individual laws, about 2,700 commandments. And yet Jesus says it's two. Two things you need to pay attention to. Love God, love others. That makes it simple, right? And yet it takes everything we have. It takes more than we have, really. It takes God's power in us. Okay, um now a question for you and we've been circling around this already a little bit but what is the purpose what is the passion of your Christian life tomorrow morning I know today is Sunday, so we're here to worship God and you know today is the Lord's day right so tomorrow morning, Monday morning as we get out of bed what motivates you to get out of bed tomorrow morning what is going to be the reason for that It should be, it should be to know Jesus more and to make him known. Whether we're young and going to school, whether we're retired, uh, whether we got a big farm to run, whether we got a business to run, those are all things, you know, we have our life to live. But what is the reason? Why do we do what we do? And uh, so what is the purpose? What is the passion for your Christian life? And we'll take a Look in all four Gospels quickly again. But all four Gospels end with the last words of Jesus, and the book of Acts begins with that. And it is one basic commandment. And so we're going to jump over to Matthew 28, and I know you're very familiar with this commandment. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, (coughs) notice there's four alds in this part here. So, first of all, all authority. All authority, we could also say all power. So, all authority has been given to Jesus, and and he's he's with us, right? so with Jesus' command behind us, that means we have all power, and then it's all nations. so Jesus said, "Where should we go? All nations, all nations are supposed to hear of Jesus. What are we supposed to teach them? all things the whole Bible, which boils down to two things: know Jesus, make him known and uh, and so if they're supposed to if we want to teach all nations all things. We can't just do that by coming into an area for a weekend, for a week, telling people about Jesus and leaving. They haven't learned all things yet. They need somebody there to disciple them, to mentor them. And, and then the last one, it says, And lo, I am with you always. So we have the complete power of Jesus, the complete authority of Jesus with us as we go out. So this is the command of Jesus. And we know this was you know, just before he went to heaven. This is the command that he gave. Uh, Mark chapter 16. uh, Verse 15. And he said to them, go. So it's not... You know guys, I think it might be a good idea if you'd tell some people about me. No, he said, go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, a very, very clear command of Jesus. It's not, it might be a good idea. He said, go and do it. And then... um, Luke, chapter, uh, Luke 24, we already looked at, that, at those verses. Um, so Jesus said, that, you know, I suffered and, and died uh, rose on the third day. Why? That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and, and then let's keep going. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. We don't go on our own strength. In our own strength, we are going to be a failure. I can guarantee you that. If we go on our own strength, no matter how good of a person you are, or no matter how good of a Christian you are, you will fail. We need the power of Jesus. And uh, and so he told the disciples, wait for the Holy Spirit. We do have the Holy Spirit with us today. and But let's make sure we include Jesus. Let's make sure we include the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's take our direction from God. If we, we can have the best plans in the world, but if it's our own plans and our own ideas, and God isn't behind that, it's quite pointless, actually. Let's spend time on our knees and allow the Spirit to lead us. Okay, and then uh, we're going to jump over to John uh, 20, which is not right at the end of the Gospel of John, but it is, um, yeah, also very much at the end of of Jesus' life. Or is it even after his... um, John 20, verse 21. So yeah, that is also after his um, uh, death and resurrection. And Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father hath sent me, I also send you. So he said, "You know, As God sent me into this world, I send you out as well. So, and this was right close to the end of Jesus' life. And, and maybe just a side note on the book of John, the gospel of John. And, and I know many of you, most of you are older than me. Um you know a lot more about the Bible than I do that's good that's that's fine, but as you know reading the Gospel of John, I've just been amazed you know John we know John as the disciple who was the closest to Jesus um he was the disciple whom jesus loved and and um yeah, he was closest to Jesus and reading through the Gospel of John, I find almost half the Gospel of John is about the last week of Jesus here on earth, almost half the Gospel of John and uh read through it. What, what's the theme that comes out again and again and again? And to me, it's just been very, very special. But John, he was closest to Jesus. He best described what he found in the heart of Jesus. That was love. And I'm not speaking on that this morning. But how time and time and time again, Jesus brings it up like, you know, love one another. You need to love. You know, this is a sign that you're my children if you love one another. And as you go through it, as you'll notice... The closer to the end that you get, the more urgent Jesus is saying, "Guys, understand it. You gotta love one another. Love is the key." So that's a very worthwhile study, uh, you know, going through the Gospel of John and just seeing how, you know, the further to the end you get, Jesus' message is, is just more and more urgent. Love one another. Love one another. And uh, so let's apply that to our lives as well. And then. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 um, the New Testament church it starts off with, uh, with this command again uh, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth so very very familiar but I'm just pointing out this was the command of Jesus and God didn't have it in the Bible just once no he included it five times each of the gospels and then, and then the beginning of the book of Acts and, and so that's Jesus' heart he came, he suffered, he paid the price. Let's make sure people know about it. But first, we need to know Jesus. If we don't know Jesus personally, if we don't have a living relationship with him, there's not going to be any river of life flowing out of our lives. Let's um, take an example. Most uh, Here in Canada, we all know the game of hockey. Who can tell me what is, the, what is the purpose? What is the aim of a hockey game? I'd like somebody to tell me. Can somebody shout it out? Why, what's, the, what's the aim of a hockey game? Score a goal. You got it. I mean, you know, that's just self-explanatory. That's the, that's the purpose of any game. We want to win the game, right? So and in hockey, we want to get that puck into the opponent's net. So now just use your imagination with me a little bit here. So, we're at a hockey game. The guys are dressed up. They're ready for their game. They're out on the ice. And now the ref comes out and is almost ready to drop the puck. And he waves all the guys together. Hey, guys, come over here. We're just going to make a slight little change this morning in the game. And um, so he says, Guys, this morning, this evening, whatever, we're going to change the game just a little bit. We're going to keep all the rules except... You're not allowed to score a goal. You're not allowed to shoot this puck through the net, into the net. All right, guys, you got it? We're going to have a good game, but we're not going to score any goals. Ready to play? So now think with me. What type of a game are these guys going to have here? And I know there's some young guys back there that play hockey, I'm pretty sure. And so just imagine with me. What would you be doing out on that ice if you're not allowed to score a goal? You can skate around with the puck. But why would you try to get the puck away from somebody else? Because there's no point to it, right? Um, the defense, they got no reason to play defense because there's the, the offenses aren't going to try to make a goal, right? So I guess you could skate around on the ice for 60 minutes and go home and say you had a good hockey game, right? But I think most of you would be bored after 15 minutes of that. I mean, you get what I'm saying? What's the point to the game if you, take, if you take the purpose away? And... Uh, you know, I think, yeah, those guys would have no idea what they wanted to do out on the ice. Now, let's take this example into our Christian lives. What is the purpose of our Christian life? We want to know Jesus, and then we want to make him known. What happens when we take that purpose out of, Christ, of our Christian life? What happens? And we could go far with this example. But if we take, you know, if we take being a witness for Christ out of our Christian life, there is no purpose to our Christianity anymore. I mean, yeah, we could kind of argue, yeah, I'll get to heaven if I'm a Christian, right? But that's kind of pointless. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a big thing for us for ourselves to be saved, but there's more to life than that. And so, what do we do if our main purpose in Christian life is taken away? Well, we're going to go out and live life for ourselves, you know, have fun. We're going to go out and do our own things. You know, we've got to have a purpose in life. Life without a purpose is very boring. So we're going to make up a new purpose. For many, many people, that purpose is make money. I don't know if you can identify with that. I know I struggle with that at times. You know, let's just forget about, you know, just, you know, doing mission work. Let's just, you know, build our farm and let's, you know, make money. You know, be a successful farmer. I'm not saying that's wrong. But if that's your goal in life, that's... um. You know, we'll live selfishly. You know, what do I want to do? What What's going to be my comfort? What's going to be my joy? Um, it's just, yeah, there's, you know, if we take being a witness for Jesus out of our Christian life, and please believe me, this is something I need to learn and, and grow in, in my own life. I'm not standing here as one who's got it and made and now I'm preaching at you. No, that's not that's not the case. I I really need to continue to grow in this as well. And, um, but... Let's think about it. What is the purpose of our Christian life? And if we take that purpose out, you know, yeah, as we look around at at the modern church around us, you know, living for ourselves, doing our own things, the purpose being money, it sure looks like that is the focus for a a lot of modern day Christians. I'm not here to judge them, but I'm saying that's the appearance, right? You know, have they lost the purpose? Have we lost the purpose? Have a letter here that I wanted to read I'll find it in here, here we go this is a letter and you might have heard it before, you might have read it before it's a letter written by a young communist man it's a letter he wrote to his fiance uh, telling her that he was quitting the relationship with her And um, so I'm not here supporting the communist cause or anything But I think we can learn from this young man. And I'll simply read it for you here. We communists have a high casualty rate. We're the ones who get shot and hung and lynched and tarred and feathered and jailed and slandered and ridiculed and fired from our jobs and in every other way made as uncomfortable as possible. A certain percentage of us get killed or imprisoned. We live in virtual poverty. We turn back to the party every penny we make above what is absolutely necessary to keep us alive. We communists don't have the time or the money for many movies or concerts or T-bone steaks or decent homes or new cars. We've been described as fanatics. We are fanatics. Our lives are dominated by one great overshadowing factor, the struggle for world communism. We communists have a philosophy of life which no amount of money could buy. We have a cause to fight for, a definite purpose in life. We subordinate our petty personal selves into a great movement of humanity. And if our personal lives seem hard, or our egos appear to suffer through subordination to the party, we are adequately compensated by the thought that each of us, in his small way, is contributing to something new and true and better for mankind. There is one thing in which I am in dead earnest, and that is the communist cause. It is my life, my business, my religion, my hobby, my sweetheart, my wife and mistress, my bread and meat. I work at it in the daytime and dream of it at night. Its hold on me grows, not lessens, as time goes on. Therefore, I cannot carry on a relationship, a love affair, or even a conversation without relating it to this force which both drives and guides my life. I evaluate people, books, ideas, and actions according to how they affect the communist cause and by their attitude toward it. I've already been in jail because of my ideas, and if necessary, I am ready to go before the firing squad. So... Now, this is from a cause which I don't think any of us support. But this was a young communist man. And this was the letter he wrote to his fiance, telling her why he couldn't marry her. You know, but I wanted, to, I wanted to show you his dedication, his commitment for the cause that he believed in. So I want to challenge you. Where's our commitment level at for our dear Savior, the one who gave his life for us? Do we have that commitment and again, I'm not saying it's by our own strength that we can have that commitment. But it's just a challenge. This man, he was willing to give his life. He, was, he gladly gave his life for the sake of a human cause. Are we willing to give our lives? Are we willing to let our own flesh, our own egos suffer a little bit for our dear Savior? So I'll just ask you again what is the one thing that gives you daily passion and purpose in your life? Uh, Based on the last words of Jesus God intends that the purpose and passion of the Christian life is to be a witness for him. That is what Jesus intended. (coughs) We should know him and have a relationship with him that overflows. Our relationship with Jesus should overflow out of our life It should flow like a river of life to the people around us. You know, but too many times, like I said before, the church of today, maybe even you, I don't know you, so I can say this, but maybe even you, we are too much like those hockey players. We've lost the purpose of our Christian life. We have lost the purpose of our game. And what do we do? We live life for ourselves, right? That's that's the natural result. And so I challenge you, Let God speak to you this morning. How are you living life? Are you living life for yourself? Why? Have we lost the purpose of our Christian life? So, and it's time I close. What is the purpose and passion of your life? Not what should it be. What is it? What is your purpose? What is your passion in life? It is my prayer that each one of us here today would allow God to ask you that question. And as Psalm 139, verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. That is my desire, that we could just open ourselves before God and just allow Him to speak to us. Allow Him to speak the truth to our hearts, to our lives. I'm not here to judge you this morning. I'm here to encourage you. Let's draw closer to Jesus. And allow him to to work in us. Are we willing to to open up to our loving Abba Father, our dear Daddy, and allow him to minister to us? Um, Let's pray, and uh, we'll go on. Lord Jesus, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for your great love, Lord Jesus thank you Jesus for dying on the cross Lord so many times we focus on the fact that you died for me you died for each one of us and we're so thankful for that Lord and that's true you did die for us you wanted to save us Lord but help us to not forget that there are millions and millions of people globally who have never heard there's many people right next door in our own neighborhoods in our own communities Lord who don't know you. Help us to be a witness to them, Lord. Lord Jesus, I just pray, each one of us, including myself here, Lord, that we could just truly open our hearts to you, Lord, and just allow you to be Lord of everything in our lives. Lord, so many times we want to give you about 60% of our hearts, give you about 80% of our hearts, but we want to keep some parts for ourselves. We want to keep, we want to keep some areas of fun some areas of entertainment maybe or whatever it is we want to keep that for ourselves lord help us to just allow you to be lord of everything lord that we would truly know you more lord and it's not easy getting to know you is is usually not an easy road we are in a day and age where we like everything quick and easy we like the microwave christianity where it's just a quick thing and it's done lord But getting to know you it usually always takes time, Lord. Help us to just be willing to take time to know you deeper, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you, Lord, for the heart they have for missions, Lord is uh, yeah, having a, a missions weekend like this, Lord, and just um yeah, I just sense there's a there's a love, there's a passion for missions in this church, Lord. I thank you so much for that, Lord, and I just pray that you would bless this church abundantly, Lord. That they could just continue to grow closer to you, Lord. That their fire, their light for you would just shine brighter and clearer, Lord. Lord, that they could just raise up many more missionaries, even out of their own circles, Lord. And that you would just truly be glorified through this church, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much, Lord, and I just just pray for your blessing in this church, Lord. Pray these blessings in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.